Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We're on episode 36, but before I start on 36, just want to give a plug for episode 35. If you want to know what's going on in the modern world, what I did in episode 35, connecting the few verses in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 with Revelation 20 and the long form of the prayer of Pope Leo XIII after he saw a vision of Satan wanting to be loosed in the modern world to conduct his deceptions. And the very language used by Pope Leo XIII is language that came from Revelation chapter 20. Uh, In the abyss, bound, prevented from deceiving the nations, released, wandering through the world, trying to bring as many souls as possible to hell as the end is approaching. So you might want to go over that again. You can find the long form of the Pope Leo XIII prayer. Do not pray it unless you happen to be an authorized exorcist by your local bishop. Otherwise, don't pray it. It's an exorcism prayer. The short form of the St. Michael the Archangel prayer, you can, you can pray. Simply read the long one so you can see the content of what Pope Leo XIII is talking about. But today we're going to talk about signs and wonders confirming the strong delusion. I'm kind of returning to that question from last time. How in the world is Satan going to pull this off? Well, we saw that he had power before the coming of Christ to deceive the nations, and that power to deceive the nations is going to be returned to him for a short time, right before the second coming of Christ. And besides that power, there's going to be a very specific way that power to deceive is put forth. And that's what we read about starting in verse 9 of 2 Thessalonians 2. The coming of the lawless one by the activity of Satan will be with all power and with pretended signs and wonders, and with all wicked deceptions for those who are to perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends upon them a strong delusion to make them believe what is false, so that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You know, there's a big price to pay for being a modern sophisticate, rejecting divine revelation, determining for yourself what's right and wrong, and when you do that, (laughs) it's no secret what goes right along with that is the sexual revolution morality. Rejecting divine revelation, playing God by determining what's right and wrong for yourself, and then third, going right along with the sexual revolution, having pleasure and unrighteousness, you are coming under the strong delusion, the end-time delusion that St. Paul is warning about. Now, let's say I wanted to deceive the world. And let's, let's really grab people's attention. And how would I use signs and wonders to confirm those who have darkened minds? Remember, the mind gets dark 
a strong delusion comes upon those who reject truth, who determine right or wrong for themselves. So they're already having a darkened mind. So how would the Antichrist uh, close the sale, so to speak, actually bring home the final deception that he is God and all of us are little gods as well? Well, let's just just paint a, a rough context. Let's say a few or maybe even several nuclear weapons are exploded somewhere in the world, maybe North Korea, maybe the Middle East. And as a result, the entire world seems poised to blow itself up. Obviously, everybody's going to be really, really nervous. And there's kind of appears on the scene of the world a man who has an uncanny ability to reconcile the ages-long differences between religions, cultures, and nations. In fact, he might even do it through some kind of new world religion that's a genius synthesis of all the existing religions. Now, at the same time, because things towards the end, my expectation, there won't be just one thing going kind of wrong, but there'll perhaps be several. Let's say at the same time that the nuclear weapons are exploded and really grabs the world's attention. Let's say that the world's financial markets also collapse under the mountains of debt that have been piled up over the last century. And he comes up with a financial plan to bring prosperity to all nations of the earth. It will start with a new world currency that will promise prosperity to all. Now, you have to admit, with nukes already going off and then, you know, people's ready to go at it again, blow up the whole world, here this man is able to kind of come up with a peace plan. And when everybody's going broke and your money's not worth anything, he comes up with a new world currency and a new world financial plan. And, uh, you know, this guy seems to be pretty good. Let's go a step further. In addition to his financial genius and his ability to reconcile religions, cultures, and nations, signs and wonders seem to follow this leader of this emerging new world order. Um, when somebody who is sick, and I'm talking about seriously sick, comes into his presence and he lays his hand on their foreheads, they're instantly healed. And you might say, even if he enters a Catholic church, and he goes into all churches and all religions and all everything, mosque and the whole bit, but let's say he enters a Catholic church. So what are Catholics supposed to think of this guy? Well, when he enters a Catholic church, maybe a Marian statue begins weeping tears. What are most Catholics going to do at that point? I dare say those who are practicing cafeteria Catholicism who haven't heard a whole lot about the four warnings that St. Paul said are going to come on the world before the coming of Christ, and who are maybe led by their own opinion of right and wrong, and not having divine revelation and sacred tradition to guide them, would, and definitely, uh, you know, they want their mortgage paid, and now signs and wonders seeming to follow this man— uh, I would dare say 
the majority of Catholics would say, well, this must be the Savior of the world, and follow him head over heels. Now, how can you tell a genuine religious leader from a wolf who happens to be wearing some type of clerical clothing? I mean, Jesus says wolves come in sheep's clothing, okay? Uh, They look the same. And here, Jesus did signs and wonders. The apostles did signs and wonders. This man does signs and wonders, also promising peace for the world that where a nuclear bomb or bombs have exploded and has some way to reconcile the world's terrible financial situation and all the debt that's built up that will never be repaid. How can we discern? Well, one of the places to begin is with Scripture, God's Word. There's a section in Hebrews chapter 5, starting in verse 11, that's really important. It reads, About this we have much to say, which is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of God's Word. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a child. In other words, there is a whole group of Christians that the epistle of Hebrews was written to who should have been having the maturity to know God's word well enough But he says, you you almost have to go back to the beginning. You need, again, the first principles of God's Word. You're like using human uh, growth and development. You're in the infant stage. You need to be bottle-fed again. Okay, But he says in verse 14, solid food is for the mature, those who have their faculties trained by practice to distinguish good from evil. You see, having the maturity in God's Word gives you through practice. This isn't something that just comes by, um, like, listening to Luke 21 radio once or twice. You really have to dig in, but it says you're going to have your faculties trained. The, the, The Greek verb here is gymnazo. Just like you have a hard workout at the gym, well, you work hard, in growing in maturity, in understanding God's Word, and then as a result, you can distinguish good from evil because it's a supernatural deception that's coming on the world, and you need something other than what your human uh, distinguishing abilities are to be able to keep the strong delusion from coming upon you. And then it says this in the next verse, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Have your senses trained, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. What's that? Well, you've heard me say several times the question, if you were to die by accident today and God would say to you, uh, what is the primary reason I should let you uh, into heaven? And if you answered with a statement, something like, well, how would you answer? A lot of people say, well, uh, I've tried to be a good person. Guess what? That's not faith in God. That's faith in you. 
And the writer to Hebrews is saying, now we got to go back. You got to go back to the bottle feeding stage for repentance from dead works and faith towards God. You say, you know, I have faith in Jesus, or I have faith in the mercy of God, or, or Jesus came uh, to save sinners. But if you're trusting in yourself, if the sentence is I without God as the direct object, you have faith in yourself. And therefore, your level of discernment is at zero. You need to go back to first grade. You're in infancy in understanding God's word, and as a result, you don't have your faculties trained to distinguish good from evil. What if that guy also, you know, the guy who can um, bring peace, end the nukes, create the financial things, cause statues to weep and heal the sick, signs and wonders? What if he says this in a very deep voice? My children, let it be known that those who express love outside of marriage and those who unlawfully switch marriage partners to join with their new lovers are still my children and will go to heaven. If your senses are trained, you go, oh, man, that's easy. This guy's a phony. Jude 17, verses 17 and 18 says, but you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus. They said to you in the last time, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. This guy's a phony because senses are trained by the word of God to distinguish good from evil. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 36 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.